0: Folks, welcome to the Dancers Podcast. I am your host, Dan Donahue. I got a few exciting announcements up top. I want to know, is where you live, this is a question for the people listening, the place you live, are there a lot of people living in vans that don't need to? I'm talking about people who are living in vans even though their family has money and they still decide to live in an insulated van. Do you live in a place like that? Do you live in a place Where every beard is an IPA? Do you live in a place where everyone has a tattoo that looks like it was scribbled in a child's notebook? Well, I have good news. You live in Denver, and I have good news for Denver. I am performing there on April 14th and 15th at the Denver Comedy Underground. Get tickets, baby. I I featured there a little while ago at the Denver Comedy Underground, and uh, it's in the basement of a church. I hope it still is. It's an awesome place to do stand-up, man. It was awesome. I I immediately got super sick after I left Denver. And some people said that was acclimating from the uh, temperature and stuff. Or the temperature, Jesus Christ. Acclimating from the altitude. It was actually acclimating from the lack of IPA that was in my system. So... Please get your tickets. Denver Comedy Underground, second announcement, exciting announcement, which came from a little bit of a shock for me. This is going to be the start of the episode, but it's also an announcement. I checked uh, my Instagram. I make most of my money or made most of my money from posting stuff on Instagram. Uh, They pay you a certain amount of money per views on your stuff. Facebook, too. And uh, I was plugging along with that. I was making not a crazy amount of money. I have to keep my day job. I work as a personal trainer. But I was able to kind of step away from personal training slightly, have only a few clients, and work on just like podcasting and stuff, which is awesome. A couple days ago, I checked, and they uh, they had taken away the bonus program. And I looked it up, and it has something to do with some trial with TikTok or whatever. I don't know the details. All I know is that money stopped. So, you know, I had a little bit of panic, but also a little bit of excitement. I got thick bones when it comes to stuff like that, which is a really weird expression, but I do choose to use it constantly, even though people tell me to stop. I'll often say, well, I got thick bones, and people will say, can you just say thick skin? And I go, no, that's not enough. My my skin is normal. My bones are thick. Okay? I got thick bones. You could put a big load. You could put a big load and I can still walk with it. You know what I mean? And people say, "Please stop." People say, "Please stop. This is not a euphemism that you're using." And I go, "Listen, my bones are thick and my loads are big." And they walk away. Just like Instagram and Facebook walked away from the idea of paying me for the videos that I put out, which is fine. Listen, got got to remember at the end of the day, comedy and entertainment is a frivolous pursuit for uh, losers and lazy people. Right. So I'm happy to deal with the ebbs and flows. And that was a little ebb and flow in my personal life. Maybe you don't give a shit about my personal life. Maybe you just like. My musings and choosings on this, but I'm going to give you a little insight. So I, w- I was a little bit panicked. I decided, though, because I was thinking about this for a while, I'll just start a Patreon. Obviously, you're still getting the episodes on Spotify and YouTube, and that's because the Patreon isn't going to be a place where I used to put out content everywhere, and now I just put it on Patreon. No, it, it's exclusively for extra stuff that I'm doing, so I'm putting out an extra episode every uh, week. And I put a tape of my stand-up on there if you choose the one tier up from the bottom tier. And I'm going to start, I think, doing the uh, litter pickup videos and posting those on there. And it's just going to be a place where I put stuff that, like, maybe I put a little bit more work into or whatever. I've already had some subscribers. Uh, Some incredibly cool, generous, I'm sure tall, I'm sure powerful uh I'm sure good at sex subscribers and uh I'm going to give them a little shout out at the end of this episode. I'm so excited for them. But I got a Patreon. It's at notbaddan on patreon.com. I'll put it in the video right here. Uh you can check it out and I would really appreciate it, you know. I think it'll be I think it's better. I think in the long run it sucks this month. I'm going to have to pick up more work this month. Who gives a shit? Oh, no, I have to work a job like a human being. Oh, no. I get to do stand-up comedy, and it's the best life ever. I live a wonderful life. I know this probably isn't the way to get donations. (laughs) This isn't the way to get patrons by coming on here and expressing to you that my life is good. But it is. I can't lie. I'd like to make some money from the podcast. But my life is good. I really can't complain. My life fucking rules, dude. (laughs) Man, and the subscribers are just dropping by the second. But hey, there's this expectation on people nowadays to make it sound like they're in hell. And some people, here's the issue. Some people are in fucking hell. The world is not a good inviting place for, I would go ahead and venture most people. And to there's like almost a like a race to see who has the hardest life, who has the most difficult life. I've seen this happen in conversation with people being like, "I'm I grew up poor. Well, I grew up more poor. Well, I grew up in a shoe, right? Some people did grow up in shoes, and you have to have empathy for those people. You have to have empathy for people who had hard upbringings. But I think what it also does is pressure people who maybe didn't have that hard of an upbringing. Maybe they didn't have that hard of a life. They feel like assholes when people start talking about how hard their lives were. And so they go, maybe I'll make a little, just a little bit of a tall tale, just a, just a smidge of a tall tale. They don't go crazy. They probably don't make up. St- I mean, a, a lot of people do. Here's the thing. A lot of people do make up complete backstories uh, of the hardships that they went through. Right. But. I'm sure there's a lot of people that just do a little little fib. Oh, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money when they grew up with enough. I think saying you didn't grow up with a lot of money, th- that has specifications. Because that's one you can hide behind. Because when some people say I didn't grow up with a lot of money, it means just that. I didn't grow up with a lot of money. My parents had to scrape and save. We didn't have... All the food that we wanted, we didn't get to go to the grocery stores that we wanted to. And then when other people say I didn't have a lot of money, they just mean they didn't have a yacht. They just mean their dad was a multi-millionaire instead of a billionaire. I've just heard that from people, and it's a marketplace of who has the like harder backstory. And it's like, like I've said, and I've gone over on my podcast. I'm not going to start sob storing for you guys. I've had stuff happen in my life that wasn't great. I've had things happen that weren't the best or whatever. Am I competing with some of these other people? I mean, I go on uh, I go on live streams sometimes, and I go on my live stream, and I try to make jokes, and I try to be silly, and I try to be funny. But you'll go on live streams, you'll go on TikTok Live, and it's just, it's all, well, not all, it's some people are reading tarot cards, but some people have like eight kids, and they're all missing a limb. And they're just like, we need limb money. And it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in that marketplace, whatever that is. And tip them, tip them first, by the way. Give them your money first, for sure. People will come onto my live and tip, and I'm always just like, just subscribe to something I don't really want. Because there's limb mom out there. And even harder than having eight children who are all missing a limb, there are people who are trying to read tarot cards professionally. Could you imagine how difficult that is? It's a tough racket to be in. It's a difficult lifestyle, I'm sure. And listen, I've I've been very open with the fact that I am open to spirituality. I think spirituality is great. I, I am openly spiritual. I'm not an atheist. Not by any means. I'm certainly not an atheist. As far as my friends go, I'm one of the least atheist people. It goes... It goes, for my friend group, it goes total atheists, uh, Christians, or people who grew up Christian, and then uh, for good, they usually have good reasons for it, left the church, and then me, and then above me is obviously like practicing Christians, Muslims who celebrate, celebrate Ramadan. I, that's not how you say it. It's such an American way of expressing a holiday. It's just, oh yeah, you're celebrating Ramadan and their cheeks are sucked in and they haven't drink water for 12 hours. And they're like, yeah, it's, I guess it is in a way a celebration. You know what? I'm going to backtrack on that. In a way, it's a celebration of devotion. It, <laughs> I've just turned this into a, PSA for Ramadan. I just realized I didn't turn on my ring light. I'm going to go do that right now. Much better. You can see my face much clearer. So that's what I've been going through. Um, But enough of that. Let's get into the episode. I saw, I was walking to the comedy store yesterday. Yesterday was obviously kind of a weird day because of all the money stuff. So to get out of my head, I went to an open mic and then I decided to go to the comedy store. My friend was hosting the open mic at the comedy store and I thought I would go up there do three minutes in front of the people get to go on one of the most hallowed grounds and stages in the entire world populated by some of the weirdest freaks ever. That's the comedy store. It's hallowed ground in comedy. And as hallowed ground in comedy is populated, it populated mostly by weird freaks. And that's what comedy is. What comedy has always been and what comedy should be. So, I show up, or I'm walking to the comedy store. I'm kind of in my own head. I'm listening to music, da 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 And it's beautiful, because sometimes when you're in that sort of state, when you're in that sort of situation, something will take you out of it. Something will make you ascend from the negative headspace that you're in. And I got a gem. I got a gem from the universe. Because as I'm walking, there's a red light, so I have to stop. Traffic stops. And I look to my left. There's a Porsche. And who's in the Porsche? None other than Rick Rubin. I saw Rick Rubin in a Porsche. He was next to a beautiful woman. They were sitting at a red light. Let me tell you something. Rick Rubin is one of the best celebrities you can see in person. Because when you see Rick Rubin, you know you saw Rick Rubin. Because when you see Rick Rubin, he is the only guy that looks like that who owns a Porsche. I'm going to say that one more time. He is the... Only guy who look, if you don't know what Rick Rubin looks like, look him up. He looks like, um, he looks like if Santa discovered acid, he looks like if, if they grew mushrooms at the North pole, that's Rick Rubin and he's in a Porsche and you see, and I realized something I I'm around people who, you know, have cachet and stuff kind of a lot in comedy, not that I'm best friends with them or anything. But I, I'm just around it a lot. So part of me thinks like, oh, I'm desensitized. But there's a level that I am not desensitized. And Rick Rubin is right at that level. I was like, part of me, when you see Rick Rubin, he, he's like uh, the master of basically like musical direction. So he's worked on some of the biggest albums of all time. One of the richest people in music uh, has his hands in like so many different projects. And when you see Rick Rubin... I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a welder. I don't care if you're an electrician. I don't care if you're a professional, a professional baby nurser. I don't care if those tits are working overtime. If you see Rick Rubin, part of your brain goes, I should rap for him. I don't I don't rap. I don't have any, I don't have any bars prepared. I don't have any rap ability. But when you see Rick Rubin, part of your brain goes, I should, I should rap for him on the off chance that something comes out and he goes, you know what? You're the next thing. And that must be for people in music. That must be so fucking annoying. Big Sean did it. It's big Sean's fault. Big Sean has a story where he went up to Kanye West and he was like, uh, he rapped for Kanye West, and I guess Kanye liked it, and that's how they started their relationship, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure other people in rap have that story. What a way to fuck yourself when it comes to going out in public, because, I mean, there's hungry people, especially in, in rap, but in all forms of art, there are hungry, hungry artists out there, and... They're mostly delusional, mostly very delusional. I'm not taking myself out of that category. It requires a degree of delusion, but there's people who are more deluded than me. I'll say that. Listen, I don't toot my horn that much, but I am not the most delusional person in entertainment because there are people that will go up to other people who are rappers and will go, let me rap for you right now. And I want to say this, if I am, I mean, I've already been really lucky, but let's just say I'm more, I get more lucky down the road and I get to a place in stand-up comedy where people know who I am in general, not just the 12 people listening to this, but more, let's say more people get to know who I am. The last thing I want to do is have a young comic come up to me in public while I'm trying to eat or something and go, Hey, can I tell a joke to you real quick? Excuse me. Dan, big fan man. I know you're trying to eat that borscht, but let me let me tell a, a joke real quick. Let me give you a quick three lines. If you're a comic and I see you at a club and I like you, and I've done this before even at my very low level, if I see a comic and I uh I'll I'll actually give them a direct shout out. Andy Eisen is a comic who I saw on an open mic and I really liked her stand up and I thought she was very funny. And she's a little bit newer in the stand-up world. And I was just like, do you want to open for me? And she's opened for me twice. She's done a great job. I'm not a person that is against people getting chances. But if you come up to me in public and you go, hey, Dan, let let me just tell you a joke real quick. I'm trying to open for you. Not only will you not open for me, I will specifically remember you. I will remember—if you're listening right now, and this is just to try to deter this from happening. I don't know if I'm actually serious about it, but I would like it to not happen. So if that ever happens, I just want you to know. I will find I will find out who you are, and I will call comedy clubs across America, and I will tell salacious lies about you. I'm kidding, obviously. I would never do that. But for the purpose of this, in case anyone listening to this is thinking— Send me a tape. Send me a tape online. Do not come up to me in public. Do not ever do that. Big Sean, why did, why did you set that as a precedent? So I see Rick Rubin, and I go, Rubes should hear me rap. I was literally, I mean, not really, but part of me was like, should I do something? That's such a shitty level of fame. When you get so famous, people see you and they go, should I do something? That's Brad Pitt. Should I do something stupid? It's going to be my only chance to see Brad Pitt. I might as well do something fucking stupid. That sucks. And it doesn't suck to be Brad Pitt. And it doesn't suck to be Rick Rubin. But gosh darn if that isn't like an annoying thought and concept that people would come up to you and be like hey can i act for you real quick brad pitt (laughs) hey brad brad let me uh let me monologue for you real quick let me monologue off the top of the dome one sec because you don't know what that person actually is so you can't really tell that they're acting or not i'm a sheriff (laughs) Going up to Brad Pitt, (laughs) going up to Brad Pitt and being like, Brad, Brad, yo, Brad, real quick, big fan, first of all, second of all, can I act for you real quick, man? And before he answers, you go, I am a sheriff. I am a sheriff. Get out of my town. What did you what did you think, Brad? he he should be legally allowed to hit you if that if that happened the way that i said uh he should be legally allowed to hit you but rap is really the only art form i can think of that really has that problem i'm sure and the amount of rappers that must be put in that cuz it's a hustler art form right it's in it's in the it's in like the ethos of it. Like rappers are always talking about how hard they work and how much they put out there and all that stuff. So God bless you. God bless you if you're a rapper out there. And if you're uh, the kind of rapper going up to other rappers and asking if you can rap, hey, good luck for you, man. On the walk to the comedy I know I'm talking about a lot about the walk to the comedy store, but it is it is interesting thinking of like the microcasm of that and then expanding it out because I was also I I need massages because my shoulders and neck are fucked up and so I have to get a massage every now and again when things get really locked up. So I have this very interesting issue for a man and I this has come up enough times where I do want to talk about it. I have to try to find massage parlors that don't jerk you off. Okay? Which is, uh, for a lot of guys, the opposite issue that they have. A lot of guys would like to switch places with me. But the issue is, you never know. I got, I got a regular one that I go to. They're obviously very legit, very professional. But like I was in Vancouver, and my fucking back locked up so bad. I was old man Dan. I was old man Dan. I was catastrophe Dan. I was just completely... And when your back locks up, you start doing old stuff, too. When my back locks up, I keep looking I start looking around going, Wait, what happened to this neighborhood? <laughs> when my back locks up, I just want to eat prunes. For some reason, I don't know what it is about your back locking up, but it makes you feel old. My back locked up and I started looking at cardigans like I was serious about them. I started looking at cardigans like I was about to change my style. So I was I was I was just kind of like hobbling around vancouver and a- as i started like looking around i was like i need a massage so i i look up massage parlor and there's there's all these massage parlors there but the issue is i, I don't know if this is vancouver specific or if- where i was in vancouver but so many of the massage parlors were kind of kind of got a- gave me a jerk off vibe do you know what i mean Kinda gave me and by the way, before I continue, nothing against that explicitly. I do know a lot of uh those women specifically in massage parlors are not in great places in terms of like I think a lot of them are possibly sex trafficked. I don't really know. I'm kinda talking about out of my ass about that, but I've heard things like that. So I just wanna be careful here. I don't wanna disparage anyone. I'm also not supporting whatever dudes are like running those things and potentially hurting women. I'm just saying those massage parlors exist, okay? And we all know that and we can all agree on that. So as I'm looking at the massage parlors, here's the telltale sign for me. This is how I know I won't be going to that massage parlor because I've gone to what I, I I didn't look into it too much. I'm almost positive one time I went into a jerk-off massage parlor and did not give them the, like, jerk-off signals, so I just ended up getting a really bad massage, and I don't want that to happen again. So I'm trying to avoid that. So I'm looking at the things. One of the telltale signs, they show pictures of all of the uh, women who work there, which if you're getting a massage, you don't need to know that. You don't need to see a glossy still of the woman who's about to massage you in a bikini. You don't need that. It's it's one of the few non optic careers that you can have because most of the time if you're getting a massage, your eyes are closed, right? So first red flag. Second red flag, the reviews. Cause here's here's how the reviews go for a massage parlor that you get jerked off at, which I avoid. But I've I've looked at enough of them trying to avoid them where I do understand the nuances. Nine out of ten of the reviews are going to be guys who are subtle. They're guys who are like, the sensual experience of this establishment is second to none. Something like that. They're going to throw something. The, the sensual nuances of the, of the glorious hands of these beautiful, experienced women are second to none. You will feel full release of your body, if you go to whatever the name of the place is, Jade Lily Massage Parlor. But then one out of the 10 reviews are clearly a guy who is not expecting to get jerked off, but did. And that guy's review is always very direct and vocal. So it'll be like 10 reviews going like, these women are discreet and pleasant. As well as pleasurable. And then one guy is just like, yo, they will jerk you off in here. (laughs) And the earnestness of that guy can't be overlooked. So I'm walking past all these massage parlors and stuff just thinking about, man. What a life What a different experience from massage parlor to massage parlor you can get. Like like half of the people there are working trying to like give like they are learning the whole anatomy of the body, trying to release your psoas, and then a whole different crew at a different massage parlor is trying to do a whole different thing to one specific part of your body. I do wonder if women have some sort of an equivalent to that, but I, I don't think so. I would love to look at, like, a massage parlor and just a bunch of, like, glossy pictures of the most jacked guys of all time. And then, like, women's reviews just being, like, his his long, powerful fingers were, knew my every nook. And then one of the ten women is just like, yo, you're going to get fingered in here. <laughs> what else oh i was uh i was i was asked by a friend and i was thinking about this earlier today because they 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 asked me this question a lot of people ask this question they go if you could go back in time and do things all over again would you if you could go back in time start yourself off as like a third grader but with all the stuff you know now would you And the answer is obviously no. A lot of people say yes because they're like, oh, well, you'd be so smart and wise and emotionally under. But it's like, do you know what's really creepy and scary is an emotionally intelligent third grader? No, thanks. Do you know how wild that would be? Do you know how off-putting it would be if, like, you're a third grader and your ice cream falls out of your cone? And like everybody looks at you, and then you just go, "Yeah, it happens sometimes." Lock that kid up. No, thank you. You think people are going to take you in as like a positive, as like a person who's healthy? No, they will lock you away. Imagine you're a third grader, and like a a kid comes up to you and goes, "You're a doo doo head," and then you go, "You're projecting." Principal's coming. You're going to a place that's going to try to fix whatever is going on in your head. That's what's going to happen. I think that that a lot of times, and sure, people make huge mistakes in their life. No doubt. I have. Certainly. Even those mistakes, though, unless they involve hurting someone, I can see wanting to take those back. But those mistakes, for the most part, are important and should have happened. You know what I mean? They should have happened. And I know like sometimes you get hurt by someone and you're like, oh, I wish I had taken that back. And it's like even those things in the long run, I'm starting to learn more and more as I like you never stop growing up. It's funny because I thought when I was 25, I'd be done because I was like I was living on my own. I was making enough to live by myself. And I thought I just like done it. But it's like you just keep growing up unless you stop and then you suck for the most part. A lot of the times, but anyway, yeah, I was just thinking about that if you were to if you were to go back in time and relive your life, how psychotic people would think you were as a child, and how much they would just rush, rush to put you away <laughs> anyway, so. That's the end of the uh, public version of this. I'm going to answer some questions, and that will be on the Patreon. So the full version of this you can find on Patreon. If you're not going to follow me over there, thank you for watching. Have a good one. See me in Colorado. Enjoy.